Hallelujah. I'm excited because today we're commemorating Christ's resurrection. It's the reason for who we are. It's the reason for all that we do. All these things would just be a circus if Christ did not rise from the dead. We'll just be, you know, dancing around fire. You know when you see those guys who do uh, all those traditional stuff and they're dancing and, and it looks very comical, right? That's what we would have been doing. You know, no matter how we want to try to, no matter how civilized, we want to use civilization to embellish it. No matter how good our English is. Let's say we are all even wearing, you know, we're in an AC tight building, we're wearing the best of suit and we're speaking high sounding English. It will all be a circus, useless circus. If Christ, if we don't have an identity in him, if we don't identify with his death, burial and resurrection. Hallelujah. And that is the central, it is one of the most fought against truth of the scriptures, the resurrection of Christ. The enemy has thrown so many things against it. So many things against it. You know, from the Buddhist world, from uh, people, you know, all kinds of organizations have brought up all kinds of frivolous ideas and opinions that Christ did not rise from the dead. But none of them have been proven true. Because what? Christ indeed did what? rose from the dead hallelujah hallelujah you know this week i was meditating on you know the resurrection of christ and it occurred to me that if this thing was if this thing was made up somebody else would have made up something that looks like it or even better than it to upset it am i making sense you, you cannot you cannot package a lie forever somebody else will package a greater lie <laughs> that will upset your lie and they will dethrone you from the stage. Am I making sense? So if a group of peasants, most of them uneducated, very few of them were educated among the apostles. Most of them were, you know, uneducated fishermen. Some of them in their, even their 50s or 60s, had nothing. No reputation, regarded as the very scum of the earth could sit down together and package a lie. <laughs> I mean, some EV League, you know, educational institutions could package something greater and better. Am I making sense? And then by now, that better lie would probably be raining now until another better lie comes. You know. But everything that they have tried to throw at it is not sticking. Why? Because you can't, Scripture says we can't do anything against the truth. The only thing you can do is to walk away from it. To deny in your heart and shut down your heart from believing and receiving it. But you can't in any way change the character and the reputation of truth. Truth is truth. Am I making sense? You know, and we thank God that he rose from the dead because it is the reason we are here today. And it is also the reason we will finish strong. Am I making sense? The reason, the singular reason why we will finish strong is because Christ rose from the dead. That is the singular reason we are destined. It is assured that we will finish strong. We will attain the fullness of the stature of Christ. Why? Because Christ rose from the dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because 
Christ is divine and we are the what? Does the branches produce less fruit? Does the branches receive less or an inferior nutrient from the vine? No. It is that same spirit. That same spirit that Jesus carried. Scripture says that that same spirit that raised, raised Christ from the dead, it will do what? If that spirit is in you and I, it will do what? It will quicken our mortal bodies. So we are assured. Today may look tough. Tomorrow may look tough in terms of temptations and trials. Those are not reasons in themselves. The singular reason is because Christ has risen from the dead. Our future is what? It's assured. We will finish strong as long as we cooperate with God. Am I making sense? As long as we do what? As long as we cooperate with God. How do you cooperate with God? You cooperate with God first of all by hope. By what? By hope. Scripture says he that has this hope in himself. Does what? There is a purification. What that scripture means two things. Number one, it means that by the reason of that hope, I set myself apart. It means effort from you. Because there is something in your heart that you are trying to preserve. Just like a pregnant woman. There are some things you can do. There are some things you cannot do. Am I making sense? Because you want to preserve the baby. You can't drink alcohol. You can't do this and all that. Because you are preserving the seed. So that hope is like a seed in your heart that you are nurturing. That is the first. But the second one, which is subtly seen or experienced from that verse, is that the hope itself is a purifier. The hope itself is a what? The hope itself is an evidence of consecration. As long as that hope is in you, you are locked on that path to glory. That's why the enemy fights so hard to snuff out that hope in your heart. Because he knows that as long as that hope is there, there is a connection to your goal and to your destination. Am I making sense this morning? There is a connection. The signal is life. <laughs> the potential and all the grace and resources of God is there. Amen. Sometimes it may just need activation. It may just need what? You know, it's like you've drenched yourself with, 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 um, with petrol. Or you've wet a particular material with petrol. You know, it's a matter of time. Just somebody can just make mistake and bring fire close to that thing. What's going to happen? It's going to be, you know, an activation of fire. And then before you know, everywhere goes. That is what hope does to you. That's what hope does to you. And the moment that hope sparks, things move so fast. Things change so fast. What was thought to be weak and, and riddled with infirmity suddenly so full of strength and so power even the enemy is confused that's what hope does hope in itself is a what it's a purifier am i making sense so you cooperate with god by keeping that hope in your heart by keeping that hope in your heart hallelujah second way but we do that is by obedience when you obey god and you follow his instructions obedience to the word from studying the word, you know, obedience to meditation, pursuing intimacy, prayer, 
obedience and then to specific instructions. Am I making sense? That's how. Once all that arrangement is there, nothing, nothing can stand in the way. Nothing. Hallelujah. You know, every time it is night, it feels as though the night is so dark, you are wondering to yourself, when is it going to be morning? <laughs> Am I making sense? When is it going to be morning? When you look at the way night comes, it's as though it has come to stay permanently. <laughs> Am I making sense? How many of us feel that way sometimes? You just look at the way the whole thing just was just dark. But no, it doesn't have power to stay permanently. Morning is coming. As scripture says that the darkness is what? Is past. The true light now what? It shines. So this morning I want us to be, I want us to stir up hope in our heart. Because we are in glorious days. Am I making sense? We are in the days of glory. And we need to keep that picture of Christ's resurrection before our face. Because that is the force and that is the power that assures that we are going to finish very strongly. Am I making sense? So I have a very short word for us this morning, straight to the point. And I titled it The Glorious Resurrection. The glorious resurrection and the rider is because he lives i what i live while i was doing the design for you know the banner for the easter happy easter whatever you know and i realized that everybody is writing he is reason in his reason is reason and i just had a change of direction and instead how many of us have seen our banner this morning if not seen it please check it on social media what is written there is i am reason because the reason why he lives is so that I can what? I live. The resurrection we have no impact if I am not living. If Christ is the only one who has experienced resurrection power, no other person has since he rose from the dead. There is no impact of resurrection. Am I making sense? The reason he rose from the dead is so that you and I can work. And because he lives, I live also. Hallelujah. So, today we are not only celebrating Christ's resurrection. We are celebrating our resurrection. Am I making sense? All of us are celebrating what? Resurrection. We are, you know, announcing and affirming that glorious power of Christ that raised him from the dead as manifesting also in our own lives am i making sense this morning so we're in celebration mode because we have been raised from the dead not just christ yeah beautiful thank you we have been raised and look at that scripture i think it's um, romans chapter 5 it says that, and just as christ was what raised from the dead by the glorious power of the father now also may we do what live new life somebody say you have a new life say you have a new life say it with confidence now you do don't let anybody or anything lie to you that you don't you have a new life by the reason of christ's resurrection the old life is gone dead and buried god smote the old life on the cross and it died and whatsoever god kills can't rise that old life is dead, buried, decayed for life in the grave. The one God raised was not the old life. The old life wasn't resuscitated. 
Am I making sense? The old life was not what? Was not resuscitated. What came was formed anew. That's why scripture says that if any man is in Christ, he is a what? It's a new. What is new? When something is new, what does it mean? It means it's never existed before. That's what it means. It never existed what? Before. If it is renewed, it existed, but it's but it's refreshed. Hallelujah. So the Bible said, You are a new creature. God killed the old. He didn't reform it, he killed it and brought you forth anew. God will help us to have that shift of mindset, to have that paradigm shift, to move from the template, because that is where the warfare is now is. It's to move from the template and the relic of the old, the personality and the identity of the old that we still carry, and shift to the identity of the name. Hallelujah. It's like God has given you a brand new laptop. Brand new, latest um, Apple MacBook M1, you know, with all the specifications. We are still struggling with Windows 98. That's the way some of us are. We still carry the mindset of the old. The potential is huge. Just move your files. Say, move your files. Just copy everything out and move it into the new. Change location. Leave those flooded areas of Lagos. <laughs> Hallelujah. Change what? Change location. God has moved your things. Get out of that old house. Get out of that old frame. Get out of that old template. Because Christ, having been raised from the dead by the God Father, we should now walk in newness of life. Give me that verse. Give me that verse. It's interestingly, that's our... Um, you know, main text this morning, Romans chapter 6. Let's quickly read from verse 1 to 11. Hallelujah. So, what then shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. From verse 1. See, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? But do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into what? His death. Somebody say, His death. He said, therefore, we were buried with him through what? Baptism into death. That just as Christ. I want us to read that sentence together. From that. One to three go. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. Let's take it again. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So it's basically saying that since Christ has been raised, now that Christ has been raised from the dead, there is only one option for you and I who believe. What is that option? Walking in the what? In the newness of life. This is the essence of Christ's resurrection. This is the result that Christ's resurrection is meant to generate. This is the goal after all. This is the hope that was set before Christ when he endured the cross and did what? 
and despise the shame. This was the joy that he saw that you and I are walking in what? In the newness of life. So, walking in the newness of life is what? Is us commemorating, giving expression to Christ's resurrection. Actually, the celebration we are doing today is good. It's good. But it is not what actually commemorates Christ's resurrection. If all we do is just celebrate once in a year, then what we have is dead religion. Am I making sense? What we have is just dead religion. To actually commemorate, celebrate, and raise the banner of Christ's resurrection is to actually be walking in the what? The newness of life. So when you, when you hit that frequency of the newness of life, heaven rejoices because there is a witness on the earth commemorating Christ's resurrection. Am I making sense? The moment we hit that frequency, the moment we make that shift, that paradigm shift, and now we are running by this operating system, we are actually commemorating Christ's resurrection. And heaven is full of joy because we have come into the intended goal of Christ. We have come into the goal he saw, the very reason he went to the cross, the very reason he laid down his life. We have achieved that goal. So, what is the clarion call of heaven? It is what? Walking in the world, the newness of life. That's the clarion call of heaven. That is how to truly commemorate Christ's resurrection. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And then, you know, that, that, that 1 Corinthians 15, Paul was making a case for the resurrection of Christ. You know, he started from the backdrop of some people claiming that Christ did not rise from the dead. Or no, claiming that. They didn't say actually that Christ didn't rise from the dead. They said there is no resurrection of the dead. They were dis- trying to disclaim that spiritual truth that there is no resurrection of the dead. And Paul began to lay from scriptures, began to show them why it is why it, it is not only that there's not, there's not just that there is resurrection of the dead, but that it is the very focal point of our Christian faith. It is the very foundation, that foundation block upon which everything that is called the Christian faith is what? Is built. And I love this verse. He said, and if Christ is not risen, then what? Our preaching is what? Is empty and your faith is also what? Is empty. There's another verse, I think maybe verse 17 that says this same thing in another way. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is what? Is fertile. You are still in your sins. You are still in slavery. You are still dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians chapter 2. Hallelujah. That you've made no journey. Then there is no future. There is no hope. Then life is vanity and fertile. You are not different from a dog. You are not different from a worthless animal. If Christ did not rise from the dead, everything, this whole thing that we, we, we you know, we attribute, like, it's all nonsense. Am I making sense this one? Am I making sense? So the singular truth of the scriptures upon which our faith is based is what? 
is Christ's resurrection. Now, if you turn this statement around to say, if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. If you turn it around, what will you read? If Christ is risen, your faith is what? Is real. Or should be real. In case it is not. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Your faith should produce results. Because Christ is risen. Your faith should not be in vain. Because Christ is risen. Am I making sense? Your faith should bring about transformation. Because what? Christ is risen. And if Christ is risen and your faith is real, then you are not in your sins. And you have victory over sins. So if you are not having victory over sins, something is wrong somewhere. We are missing the connection somewhere. Am I making sense? There is a connection we need to have. There is, there, is, there is an understanding that needs to come into place to correct some things. Am I making sense? If our faith is not leading to spiritual transformation, to spiritual growth, we are not accessing the resources of resurrection as we ought to. Am I making sense this morning? Hallelujah. So, assessing the benefit of Christ's resurrection will produce fruitfulness of faith. Am I making sense? And it will produce victory. Did you get that? That's what he's saying. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. But Christ is risen. Then you are not in your sins. And your faith is not futile. Your faith should be powerful. That powerful force of God locked inside of you to bring about results. Scripture says that if you have faith, you will say to this mountain, be what? Be removed and cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt in your heart, he said, it will happen as you've said it. So therefore, whatsoever you pray, Mark 11, 23, 24. So when you pray, believe that you receive the things you've prayed for and you will what? Have them on account of what? Faith. Because you believe. Because you believe. Faith is a currency of resurrection that we have not been trading with enough. Hallelujah. We have not been what? We've not been trading with it enough. Scripture says that he that has faith, to him that has faith, he said nothing shall be impossible. Nothing. Nothing shall be impossible to him that has faith. Why? Because it's all been arranged. Every resources you need is being put on the account of what? Of Christ's resurrection. Of his power. And that grace and that power is inexhaustible. Am I making sense this morning? Am I making sense? Hallelujah. Also thought, go back to that Romans 6. Because that's our main text this morning. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we should what? Walk in newness of life. So I want to just share very briefly with us six implications of walking in the world in the newness. So I said that the life that God has called us to live is the word is the newness of life. Anything other than that, you are wrong. <laughs> anything other than that, you are what? If you are living anything less than what heaven regards as newness of life, you are not taking full advantage of what? 
of that grace. Am I making sense? I'm not taking full advantage of that grace. Hallelujah. So the first is that God has called us to an incorruptible life. Somebody say an incorruptible life. So that life, see that you say that life is not subject to the law of sin and death. By the reason of Christ's resurrection, we have been called to a what? To an incorruptible life. We've been called to an incorruptible life. The life you live now. Paul said, um, it's Galatians chapter 2. He said, I have been what? Crucified with Christ. He said, nevertheless I what? It's a mystery. But it's real. It's a mystery, but it's real. He said, I have been crucified. See, the day that thing dawns on us is the end of struggle. It is the what? It is the end of struggle that we can in our heart identify with the crucifixion of Christ and you now know that the life you live now is powered by the faith in Christ. So I've been crucified with Christ nevertheless I live or it's no longer I who live but what? Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I do what? I live by the faith in the son of God who loved me and what? and give himself for me. So there is a new personality running the show in you now. And what is that personality? It is Christ. And the life that he brings is an incorruptible life. It's a life that is not subject to sin. It's not subject to decadence. It's not subject to, you know, you know the way the natural order just goes down to decadence and death. That life is the opposite of that. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Hallelujah. So newness of life means incorruptible life. Newness of life means what? In- so if we want to change that, we'll say that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we should walk in the incorruptible life. On a daily basis. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15, let's see verse 35 to 38 very quickly. Say, but someone will say, how are the dead, what, raised up? And with what body do they, what, do they come? Next verse. Say, foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it what? That's a very powerful scripture. See, and what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. Next verse. Say, but God gives it a what? A body as it pleases, and to each seed its own body. Verse 39. Say, all flesh is not the same. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish, another of birds. Verse 40. There is also celestial bodies and what? And terrestrial bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of terrestrial is another. Verse 41. Say, there is one glory of the sun, and the glory of the moon, another of the stars, and stars. For one star differ from another in glory. Verse 42, which is where I want to go. So is the what? Is the resurrection. So what is this verse saying? It's saying that this is how resurrection plays out. He was using the concept of seed planting to explain a spiritual reality. Am I making sense? 
Am I making sense? So he was saying, because the question is, so how, will, how, 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 how does resurrection happen? That body that you see, how is it, where does it come from? He's saying that when you even plant a seed, the seed, the body of that seed, first of all, decays. Am I making sense? When you plant, maybe it is maize or corn or whatever, you know, that thing, first of all, decays. And the life that springs from that seed is not the one that decays. It's a new life. So what goes into the ground is not what comes out. Did you get my point? What goes into the ground is not what is not what comes out. So he's saying that this is the way that resurrection works. When you come onto the frequency of resurrection, the life is no longer the same. The personality is no longer the same. It wasn't the old one that rose from the dead. Am I making sense? So what he's saying that what is powering you now is another life. It's an incorruptible life. It's a glorious life. You may not know it all. The degree to which you know and understand it may be limited yet. But of a fact, of a truth, there is a new life that is running the show in you, in you right now. Did we get that? So, so is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in what? In corruption. The one that was sown was sown in corruption. The one that was raised was raised in what? In corruption. So if you have been raised with Christ, then what was raised, which part of you was raised, is the incorruptible you. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Is the what? It's the incorruptible you that was raised. This reality should put pressure. We should use this reality to put pressure on ourselves for change. How do we put pressure on ourselves for change? By our confession. By our confession. By our affirmation. Am I making sense? By keep saying to yourself, keep meditating your word and keep speaking what the word has spoken over you. That I am not the same guy that I used to be. I am not the guy that went to the grave. This is a new me. All that pattern. All that infirmity. All that struggle has ended. This is a new me. And the more you speak it over yourself, the more you affirm it, the more it begins to shine through. That light. That light begins to shine through. Hallelujah. So we have been called to the what? To the incorruptible life. Give me Romans chapter 8 very quickly. Say there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Next verse. Say for the law. Someone say for the law. The reason why they do not walk according to the flesh is because of one singular reason. They realize that there is a new law. Say they realized that there is a new law that's at work now. That's the reality. He said, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has what? Has made me free. They realized that. That became their reality. And there was a shift. There was a shift in the spirit. Hallelujah. Next verse. What does verse 3 say? He said, for what the law could not do that it was what? Weak through the flesh. So there was a previous agenda. Which is to obey the law through the arm of the flesh. Am I making sense? But what that led to was failure, constant failure, right? 
He said, for God did by sending his own son the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He did what? He condemned sin in the flesh. Verse 4. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not what? Walk according to the flesh, but are what? According to the spirit. So it is the spirit life that activates the incorruptible life. Because it's by walking in the spirit that you shut down corruption. Am I making sense? By walking the spirit is how you activate the life that is inside of you. That life that I said is not subject to sin, to decadence, or to carnality. Am I making sense? So when I choose to walk in the spirit, when I choose to follow God, when I choose to activate spirit life, trusting the Holy Ghost, leaning on the Holy Ghost, when following the, the, the leading of the spirit, obedience to the spirit, you know, I am doing what? I am activating the law of the word of the spirit of God. Whenever I'm praying, I am activating that law. Whenever I'm meditating on the word, I am doing what? I am activating that law. Whenever I'm walking in obedience, what am I doing? I'm activating that law. And the activation of that law gives expression to the incorruptible life. Hallelujah. So God expects us to walk in the spirit. And this whole verse, this whole chapter of Romans chapter 8 shows us how we should do what? We should mind the things of the spirit. To be, to be carnally minded is what? It's death. It is corruption. It is decadence. Said to be spiritually minded is what? It's life and what? And peace. So get the spirit into your mind. Preoccupy your mind. What he's saying is preoccupy your mind with the things of the spirit. Preoccupy your mind with the what? With the things of the spirit. That's, that's a simple way of being spiritually minded. Preoccupy your mind with the what? With the things of the spirit. Hallelujah. So number two, says spiritual enlightenment. We're, we're saying that what is the implication of the newness of life? Am I making sense? We said number one is what? The incorruptible life, right? Number two is what? Spiritual enlightenment. So as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so you should walk in spiritual enlightenment. That's another implication of newness of life. Because the person who walks in the newness of life walks by a new understanding. Somebody say a new understanding. Say the understanding is different. It is new and it's of God. So the person who is walking in newness of life is walking by spiritual what? Enlightenment. Spiritual enlightenment. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1 verse 15. <clears throat> Let's see that. What does, what does it say? It said, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the what? The Father of glory, may do what? Give to you the spirit of what? Wisdom and what? Revelation in the what? Let's say it out. That the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you what? Say it out. May give you what? Spirit of what? Wisdom. And in the next verse, the eyes of your being, being, being. So it takes the spirit of wisdom and revelation to bring spiritual enlightenment. Am I making sense? 
It's very clear from this scripture, right? That when we need spiritual enlightenment, what we should pray for is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That is what activates spiritual enlightenment. That's what activates what? Spiritual civilization is activated by the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let me flip it. Religion, dead denominational practices, rituals, tradition of men that has been packaged as the doctrine of Christ is activated when there is a lack of the operation of the spirit of wisdom and what? So lack of revelation is a dangerous place to be as a Christian. There is no vacuum in the realm of the spirit. Am I making sense? When you lack revelation, Satan will package doctrines of devils and of men and give you and you will think you are obeying God. Did you get my point? Satan will package philosophies of men, devilish philosophies and mindsets, wrap it (laughs) with the veneer of religiosity and moral whatever and present it to you as the doctrine of Christ. When the spirit of revelation is lacking, there is a sure there is a sure ambush that is coming. Did you hear what I just said? When there is a lacking of the spirit of wisdom and revelation, there is going to be an ambush somewhere. There is. There is. There is. And today, this is why you find people. Scripture says that, you know, Jesus was saying to the disciples, he said, a time will come when people who kill you will think they are doing the what? The will of God. That's a very scary statement. Is it not? That there are people today who are doing the very thing that breaks the heart of God and they think they are doing God's will. They are doing very thing that will bring them to the point of serious divine judgment. I mean, judgment that will say, get out, get deep behind me or get away from me. I do not know you. Workers of iniquity. Is that not judgment? But they thought they were doing the will of God. That's why they asked, I say, ah, God, why are you, unf- why, why, are you, why are you wicked? In your name, we cast out devils now. We thought we were doing your will. Hallelujah. But said, no, I don't know you. You guys are workers of what? Iniquity. You practice lawlessness. Where did it come from? It came from the spirit of deception. And it was packaged. Compromise packaged as revelation. But it's compromise. Hallelujah. Things that derail packaged as a new understanding but a derail error packaged when there is a lack of the operation of spirit of wisdom and revelation there is definitely going to be an ambush there is going to be a derailment there is going to be a hitting of the rocks hallelujah so having the spirit of wisdom and revelation is crucial to walking in the what the newness of life because it is when the spirit of wisdom and revelation is operating in our lives that our eyes will be what now what will enlightenment do it will do three things somebody say three things say three crucial things three crucial things 
number, we'll say number one, it will help us to know the hope of his calling. You know, the first thing I said at the beginning was that cooperating with God, first of all, is by what? Hope. And hope does what? Purifies. This is the this is the evidence of that hope that purifies. When you capture the hope of his calling, that immediately brings that immediately brings some consecration to your path. See, there are some things that Satan can deceive you with because there is hope of his calling. It's, it's clear to you. But I will say, imagine you see somebody now. Let me let me relate with something we can. Let me say something we can relate. Somebody just me one white garment somebody just comes to you and they begin to see all those funny things and then at the end of the day says that ah brother you need to come to our river <laughs> you know i'm painting even though that one i mean i'm painting because of his ridiculousness right you know they need to come to our river and because so for the sake of your children for the sake of the twins you need know, to come to our river and bath seven times and you have to be coming like that you know every once a week for the next seven years will you even think about it Please, what will be your honest reaction? I'm sure one of it will be probably laughter. You are not even angry. You understand? You will not even be angry. Am I making sense? You first of all just laugh. You will laugh, and the next thing that will follow that laugh is that you will pity the person. Because the person does not know who he is or she is talking to. Am I making sense? You so the person who is coming to you are now pitying the person that hey, yeah. You now want to, if you now take to another, you will now be the one to, to preach to the person, okay? You know, you need to be saved, first of all. What is the difference? There's a hope that has been made clear. There is a light that is shining bright in your heart. It has brought a level of spiritual enlightenment that is not open to compromise at that level. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? When they brought the king's delicacies to Daniel and his friends in Babylon. It was something like this that made Daniel separated himself. But, ah, but I'm, I'm of a different stock. I can't partake in this. Even though there was risk in it, but I can't win. I can't partake in this. I'm, I'm different. I'm set on a different path. We all are because of the reason of what? The hope to which he's called us. But this hope is brought about by what? Spiritual enlightenment. And the strength of this hope is what repels every attack of Satan. You know, my friend and I were just in this, this week, earlier this week, and we were talking about people who are, who are doing great. People, you know, people that used, you grew up together, you know, and they are doing phenomenal stuff now. You know, somebody has built maybe a million, I say a million, million dollar, yeah million dollar company this one is there this one is there you know if you are not careful you begin to feel pressure you begin to feel like what am I doing am I making sense how many of us feel that sometimes just hear that somebody somewhere has and then immediately you begin to the enemy begins to use that to want to pile pressure on you you just you just want to feel that ah, I'm not running enough I need to run I need to, I need to invest I need to do I need to do crypto I need to do anything you, you just want to things just begin before you know it your brain begins to walk overdrive. Energy, you just see a surge of energy come. You that you, you probably even wanted to sleep. Immediately after that phone call, there is a two-hour council inside your head. All your 
faculty is telling you that don't shame us, don't shame us, don't shame us. Your mate, see your mate, see your mate. What are you going to do about it? Hallelujah. They are holding your spirit, your soul, your mind, your memory, your reasoning, your intellect, your perspective, your tradition, everything. Things from your father's house, things from your mother's house, all of them are gathered in council and holding me over your head. What are you going to do about your mates have gone? And if you are not careful, you will receive ginger, wrong ginger. Am I making sense? You receive wrong ginger and then you begin to run somebody else's race. See, but when this hope, when this hope is solid in your heart, you know that you are not made for the right race. That you are set on a different path. Am I making sense? You are set on the world that I am in the path that God has allocated for me and I'm contented in that path. And at the right time, according to the calendar of God for me, things will happen. Hallelujah. Things will what? Things will happen. So I'm not intimidated by some other person's path. I don't even envy them. You know, sometimes you're, some, we even envy them. You know how we envy them? Say, ah, but he's not born again. Uh, agree, uh, agree. That one is he's an agric. You know, it's the agric. It's the, it's the chicken that you want to kill, that you feed fast. That's envy speaking. Don't envy. Just so that you are called to be different. You are called unto a living hope. And these things, these things of this world, it is not the things that show your worth. Or your value, there is a glorious hope that you have been called on to. Am I making sense? But see, if the hope of his calling is absent, that pressure is real, my brother and sister. That pressure is what? Is real. People have been driven by that pressure to their early grave. They've been driven out of destiny. Go and ask Lot. Go and ask who? Lot looked at fine. Ah, I see, see, see fine terrain. Oh my God! See the glory of God all over the terrain. Green pasture everywhere. See, that's the one I chose. He was choosing what would be the end of his journey of faith. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! The Bible says that James he said he was daily vexed by the unrighteousness of his sort. Do you know what that meant? You are looking at your family. You are looking at your family. And you could see the trajectory of decadence. You could see them entering your wife. You could see them entering your children. Right before your eyes, their values began to change. They began to, they, 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 they began to forget the God of Abraham. They began to forget where they came from. The consecrations they had. You know. The consecration they had in the house of Abraham, how they revered God, their, their values, their children, his, his children chose pagans as husbands. The soul of his wife was locked into Sodom. That's why the father God asked them to come out. The more she was leaving Sodom, the more her heart was heavy because Sodom had become her treasure. She carries. Sodom has the, the baby in her womb. So that thing was pulling her. She was with each step she was taking, the pull was getting stronger. A point came she couldn't hold on to it anymore. And she couldn't divorce her heart from it. She did what? She turned. And as soon as she turned, she became what? A pillow. 
that wasn't message enough for the children. They got to a point they say, How are we going to perpetuate the posterity of our father? Let's give him wine to drink. Have, have men, are there, no, are there no longer men on the face of the earth? Why can't they just return to Abraham? There are many, many young men in, in Abraham's house. Am I making sense? Look at the value system and where that idea came from. Say, let's make our father drunk and sleep with him. And we'll have children of him. That was the decadence that was vexing lots. That was decadence that was vexing lots. Am I making sense this morning? Did you get what I'm trying to say? God has to help us that this hope is what? Solidified in our heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said that three things happen when our eyes is enlightened, right? The first is that we know what the hope of his calling. The second thing is that we know what the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the sin. See, this one, we have not known this one. The reason why we are vexed, the reason why the world is shining in our eyes is because this one is not yet real in our hearts. When the riches of the glory of his inheritance becomes real in our heart, no rich, no glory of this world can displace it. We'll be like Jesus. Bible said that David took him to a high mountain and did what? And showed him the glory of this world and said, bow to me for it has been given to me and I will give it to you. Just fall down and bow at my feet. And Jesus said, don't mess with me, Satan. Say, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Say, get away from me. What nonsense are you saying? I don't value all those things. There is a greater glory it's locked up on the inside. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? So when our eyes is enlightened, we will see this a lot more. This becomes real to us, what? A lot more. Hallelujah. And what's the third thing? Very, very crucial thing. What's the third thing? The exceeding, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who what? Believe according to the working of his mighty power. Which, take note of this, he walked in Christ when he did what? Raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand. In a, this one is a whole message altogether. Hallelujah. He's saying that the power to understand and know and experience that power that raised Christ from the dead. We need spiritual enlightenment. The reason why the reality of that power is not visible in our lives is because our eyes are not open to it yet. And because our eyes is not open, we are in a different bus stop, putting pressure on the release of God's power. Meanwhile, the God's power is another different bus stop. Am I making sense? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Because we don't know the dynamics of God's power, even our expectation is wrong. Or we don't even have expectation at all. There's been so many things we have sort of rationalized. Because we don't know the power of God. Jesus told the disciples, Jesus told the he said, you neither, you do not know the power of God. That's why you're misbehaving and talking the way you're talking. The power of God is not real to you. Hallelujah. Paul cried out. He said that I may know him and the word and the power of his resurrection. That power is real, brethren. And we ought to know that power. It makes all the difference. That power makes what? All the difference. When you come on that frequency of God's power, it's a new ball game entirely. The newness of life is really manifesting now. 
by the reason of what? Of this power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Is that clear to us? Is that clear to us? So just write Philippians 37 to 14 as part of that. Um, you know, another thing that the implication of this resurrection brings to us is a new identity. And I've sort of talked about this a little bit already. A new identity and a new personality. So I won't go over it again. Second Corinthians 5, 14 to 17. Key verses 17, which says that if any man is in Christ, he is a what? It's a new creation. I explained that when I was talking about how resurrection happens. That the seed that goes into the ground is not the same one that comes up. That the one that comes up is what? It's a new life. And scripture says that the resurrection of the dead happens in this way. The body is sown in corruption. It is what? Raised in incorruption. It is sown a natural body. It is what? It is raised a spiritual body. So you are a new creation. You are a spiritual body. Hallelujah. Amen. Another thing that the newness of like the implication of the newness of life is that the hope of God's glory is solidified in our hearts. The hope of God's glory is what? Is solidified in our heart. There is a definite expectation that is real to us. Very, very real to us. We can see it. We can touch it. It is pulling us. It is pulling us. We are advancing towards it. There is a connection. There is a synergy. There is a there is an expectation. Am I making sense? There is an expectation of change that is coming. There is an expectation of the unveiling of the glory of God that is coming. Hallelujah. That is what the hope of glory is. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 5. What does it say? Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And through whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. And do what? Rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. In what? Of the one? See this verse, this statement, rejoice in hope of the glory of God, is a permanent condition. Say it's a permanent condition. So when you, hooked on, when you are hooked on it, nothing changes it. No matter what you go through, you will always are rejoicing in hope of the glory of God. This joy, this joy becomes very real. If the enemy like let him throw all kinds of nonsense at you, there is a rejoicing that comes. Why? Because you have captured that hope of God's glory. You just know. You just know that it is going to be well with you. So you say to the righteous, it will be what? It will be well with you. You just know. There is just that you are not perturbed by anything because there is a realization, there is a strong conviction. Your path is safe and it will only result in glory. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Um, David said, he said, therefore will my heart rest in hope. Therefore will my heart, what? He said, because you will not leave my soul in what? In hell. You will not suffer your holy one to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. That is conviction speaking. In the midst of turbulence and chaos. So therefore with my heart rest in hope. There is a rest for us as Christians. It is captured when the hope of God's glory is solidified. 
you just realize that you are in a place where nothing is moving you. Nothing is moving you. You are agitated. When scripture says be anxious for nothing, hmm? what precipitates that is this hope of God's glory. Nothing moves you. Nothing. If by any reason your faith seems to be shaking, by the time you go into God's presence and you are praying, strength comes all over again. Just like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was wrestling. 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 So that the will of God be done. Wrestling. It seemed as though he was, he was God, are you sure this God, let this God pass. Let this God pass. But nevertheless, not my will, but what? But the Bible said that an angel appeared and did what? And strengthened him. When he rose up from that place, the devil was in trouble. There was nothing devil would throw at him from that point on. Even when they had just nailed him to the cross, blood still dripping fresh. Pain that has never witnessed before all over him. The sin of the whole world laid on his shoulder. The only thing he could mother is, Father, forgive them. Do you know the kind of peace that was in his heart that that statement came from? He was completely detached by that time for what was going on on the outside. If they let them behead him 55 times, Forgiveness is what 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 we ooze out. He had been strengthened. His heart has been kept in perfect peace by the what? By the strength of God. By the strength of God. Am I making sense this morning? I hope I'm not boring us. Amen. Hallelujah. When the hope is solidified, there is rest. So therefore, will my my heart is glad. And my glory do what? Rejoices. Say so my flesh also will do what? Rest in hope. The hope of the glory of God. That is one implication of the what? Of walking in the newness of life. Hallelujah. And another one like it, the hope of the glory of God is also the hope of eternal life. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 says, Christ in us the word, the hope of glory. Give me Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. Hallelujah. I have just very few minutes. To them, God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Which is what? Christ in what? The what? So when the hope of glory is solidified in our heart, even the Gentiles can see the mystery of it and the riches of it. What the Gentile is waiting for that will bring them into the kingdom is what? Is that hope of glory in you, in my heart and in your heart? Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Am I making sense? If I am, tell your neighbor he's making sense. Say he's making sense. <laughs> you didn't make sense. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say finally. Say finally, finally. Let's go back to that first Corinthians 15. And I want to close with this as we commemorate and celebrate Christ's resurrection. It is important to harm ourselves with this spiritual truth because the fruit of it can be it's definitely glorious. First Corinthians 15, that same verse that we that we, the key word, the key understanding in that first Corinthians 15 that we read initially, you know, we read 35 to 38 and 42 to 44, talking about 
how the seed is sown and how the body that is sown is not the same body that comes out from the ground. Am I making sense? Say the key lesson there. Say the key lesson there is that to access resurrection, say to access revelation, there must be sowing. To access, to activate resurrection, there must be sowing. Did you get my point? To activate resurrection, there must be death. If you are alive, you don't need resurrection. Did you get my point? If you are not, if you are not, if you are not dead, you don't need to be raised. So something has to die for something to be raised. Something has to be planted for something to do what? To go. So the lesson for us is that we activate resurrection by sowing. Somebody say by sowing. What do you sow? Say what do you sow? Say yourself. You are the sacrifice that needs to get on the altar and be slain. You are the seed that needs to go into the ground. You are the offering that needs to be what? That needs to be poured out. Somebody say, I'm the offering. Say, I'm the seed. Say, I'm the sacrifice. You are the sacrifice. See, but some of some of our sacrifice, some of you, you know that scapegoat. <laughs> There's a reason why he's a goat. I don't remember that scapegoat in, in the journal. There's a reason why he's a goat. You know, goats, they are very stubborn goat. <laughs> you have to drag that goat to the altar. You know, I think there were two of them. The first one, you drag it to the altar, you slay it. The second one, you put your hands, the priest put his hands on it, and Pour the sin of the whole world into on, on, on its head and set it into the wilderness. Of course, ultimately, it's death that uh, it probably died by the hands of a predator and other. So it's death. But you know what some of us are doing? As God is pulling us to that altar, we are cutting that leash. Have you seen a goat before that you are you are sharpening the knife in the, in it, in its presence? And by mistake, we had one goat like that during one Christmas when I was growing up. We're sharpening the knife in his presence. Suddenly, I don't know what happened. The leash just cut off. That goat was gone forever. That goat took off. We didn't find our goat. Amen. That goat it was what? That's the way some of us are behaving. God is pulling us to the altar and saying, no, God, I need to Emma, calm down. <laughs> let's, let's, it's not yet now. Some of us are even saying, God, it's not yet now. You know, can you give me some more time? Let me, I still have some plans, you know. God is saying, what you are delaying is resurrection. What is at stake is what? It's resurrection. Imagine Jesus and that God, imagine if Jesus won at the garden of Gethsemane. I said, God, I know they do this will for now. Let's, let's keep it. And then he stood up from that place and resisted the will of God. What was in jeopardy? The, whole, the salvation of what? Of the whole earth. 
the plan and the purpose of God was going to be in jeopardy. Am I making sense? Imagine just saying, why can't I become a political leader? I have all the power. Just by the snap of my finger, Pilate will die. Herod will die. Caesar will die. All the Romans, I can turn them against each other. I've, I've done it before. Didn't God do it with Moab? And the Midianites turned them against each other and they killed themselves. But something was going to be at stake. What was that? Resurrection. The very foundation upon which the whole faith, the Christian faith is what? Is founded. So God does not hate you by taking you through process. God does not what? God does not. God wants to hasten you to resurrection. God wants to do what? God. Because God has seen the resurrected you and he's completely pleased with what he saw. Are you getting me this morning? The resurrection you is giving God good vibes. He's making God feel drunk. You know, God is excited at the resurrected Busayo. God is excited at the resurrected David. He can't have enough of resurrected Tani. God is so excited. He will throw anything at you to convince you to follow him to that journey that ends in resurrection. Am I making sense? So let's embrace it. Let's embrace the sowing. Let's embrace the sacrifice. Let us embrace the process. Because what is... See, when Jesus rose from that grave, devil devil were like, Demetic, Baal. That was what... I'm sure that was what the devil said. I wasn't there, but I'm sure that was what he said. Whatever language he said, it didn't matter. When he saw the glory of God raise Jesus from the dead, he knew it was, the, it was over. That was the day the war ended. If you think the war is still ongoing, devil is lying to you. Even devil knows that the war has ended 2,000 years ago. It's ended. God ended it. When Jesus screamed, it is finished it was finished there was no part two of the war coming he ended it collected the keys of death and hades so he said death where is your sting grave where is your what where's your power crushed the enemy completely there was the enemy was no more hallelujah Bible said he made an open display of them. Mash out. You know when you mash out, when, when, when you've gone to war and you have prisoners and you now, you know, you put the chains on their neck and their legs and, and you now mash out them. Made an open display of them. Nobody, you are the only one who is doubting that Christ has won. Every other person in the realm of spirit knows, including Satan himself. Am I making sense? That was the impact of one man's resurrection. What's going to happen when all of us come into that glory of God? All of us walking in the reality of resurrection. It is too much force that even the world cannot contain. Am I making sense? Ages, piled upon ages, cannot even contain that glory, that power comes forth when we all come into our own. So trust him. Embrace him. Embrace him. Embrace the path 
that he has chosen for you. Commemorate Christ's resurrection by walking in the newness of life. By embracing the path. By embracing your destiny. Don't be scared about the process. Don't be scared about the, don't be scared about the period of sowing. It may be tough. Keep your eyes on the resurrection. Am I making sense? Keep your eyes on what? On resurrection. Keep your eyes on it. Keep your eyes on it. Keep your eyes on it. If the disciples kept their eyes on resurrection, they will be the first people that will be by the grave, you know, on that glorious morning. If the word of God made... And why, why, why do you think Jesus was talking today? It was because he wanted the words to remain in them. Am I making sense? So that those words can serve as buffer against the time of pressure. So he sent his word to you today so that he can serve as a source of strength. Am I making sense? So that he can walk into your glorious destiny. Say, I have a glorious destiny. Say, I have a glorious destiny. And I'll be walking to it. I will obey God all the way in the name of Jesus. That's how we commemorate Christ's resurrection. That's how. It's by walking in the what? The newness of life. And there is a scripture that I love so much. It says, Christ having been raised from the dead. It's that same Romans chapter 6. Christ having been raised from the dead. Does what? Dies no more. Death has no power over it. Say resurrection is irreversible. When God takes you to that point, say it is finished. Nothing can change it. Nothing can reverse it. When you have crossed the line and you finish the race, nobody can declare the race. Do you understand what I'm saying? You've won. You've carried the trophy over. Resurrection is irreversible. That's why God wants to get us there. God wants to do what? He wants to get us there. Because Christ, having been raised from the dead, does what? Dies no more. Dead no longer. No longer has dominion over you. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet this morning and trust God for grace. Say, Father, I receive grace to commemorate, to truly commemorate your resurrection. I am not paying lip service to it. I am not just being numbered among the people who are paying lip service to it. I want to come into the full expression of it. Full expression of resurrection. Full expression. Full expression. Come on, go ahead and pray this morning. Full, open your mouth. And praise, prayer time. Say, Father, I come into the reality. The reality. Oh, Nesifratio prestar barto shalabati de semvredola bara. Jelamin copraxi vredele sons of fractine mentoria laba. Mano non si carido frasis alabategio no prosto jalekizaba. Radele posladia precari nambasi colovrantuza. Lepa barusa preteri gede la posha la babra kete de basa. Maro sense frio sia frio sia frio gilepacio sofrekeba. Fabio flagida baso. 
Joseph Lamanun Telemanashata and Lalabia Profosia Lamiga is a fritarios as a flady exo prapila mantili begenenos of fractilos a shanda mene shanda mene onga mele onga aprasulendi carios of reti e marodododia process of I cooperate with you I cooperate with you I cooperate with you Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering to be made conformable unto his death if by enemies i might attain i might attain to the resurrection of the dead that is our goal that's our heart cry to attain to attain to resurrection of the dead to attain to press and press and press until we come into the fullness of that realm until the fullness of life is unleashed in our lives in our hearts in our minds in everything that pertains to us in the name of jesus Every day, every day, I want to live. I want to walk in the newness of life. Walking in the spirit. Walking in obedience. Walking in obedience. Walking in obedience. Walking in obedience in the name of Jesus. Oh, sowing into the spirit. Being spiritually minded. Let the eyes of my understanding be enlightened. I pray and I receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the knowledge of God. I receive the spirit of wisdom to cause my eyes to be enlightened. I receive the spirit of wisdom to cause my eyes to be enlightened so that I will know what is the hope of his calling. So that I will know the exceeding greatness of his power. So that I will know the glory of the riches of inheritance of the saints. I pray for open eyes. I pray for understanding in the name of Jesus.